Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's get into it, Mini. Ooh, Minnesota made. Um, wow. That is very good. Um, <clears throat> wow. Um, coming at you guys with a little bit... Uh, something uh, different tonight. I know for the better part of the last, oh, I don't know, five or six weeks, um, we've been doing essentially different uh, flavors of Olipop and Poppy, which don't get me wrong, I am not stopping drinking them. Uh, if there's something sweet like that that can uh, satisfy my sweet tooth um, and still be good for me and my gut health, you know I will definitely uh, be <laughs> making that part of my routine. Um, but obviously don't just want to be doing that for you guys. So um, looked into it, and there are actually a handful, if not even more, um, cool um, soda, um, what, not distilleries, but like soda, um, you know, manufacturers in Minnesota. Um, so went and grabbed a handful this week, and tonight we're coming at you with um, Spring Grove's uh, Soda Pop uh, Black Cherry flavor they're out of spring grove minnesota and wow that that tastes like a tootsie pop um very good but if um there are if any of you are like me jack where the heck is spring grove that is a great question so the closest city that i could find to spring grove that i have actually heard of before is lacrosse which is actually in right across the river in wisconsin but winona so if you look at a map spring grove is about straight <clears throat> south of um winona probably oh i don't know 45 minutes maybe an hour it's essentially closer it's about only an eight minute drive excuse me to the um uh, iowa and uh, minnesota border so um yeah, it is um, southeast of Rochester, so that is where Spring Grove Soda Pop is um, for those that are interested. But, man, this is very good. Um, their website, um, actually not just on their website, uh, they're caffeine-free, made with pure cane sugar. That's why it's sweet. I love it. And uh, gluten-free. Um, on their website, it says... This, uh, our best seller at the Minnesota State Fair, Black Cherry, is the perfect soda for the adventurous soul. It has a refreshing cherry flavor that is just right with a bowl of popcorn. Interesting. You can also try the soda with a little spiced rum for a sweet, refreshing cocktail for those um, drinkers out there. But I have to say, I I love this. Um, I have always been a huge fan of cherry flavor um always have been always will be especially like the tootsie pop suckers and all that kind of stuff the nice thing i like about this black cherry is it's more cherry than it is black cherry if that makes sense there i feel like there are a lot of companies and a lot of places that try to overdo the black and cherry and make it darker and it's not as cherry which I get it. Everybody, you know, obviously does their own, own thing, but um, I kind of get a little bit more of that, um, the darkness that makes it black cherry instead of just a cherry taste, kind of like an aftertaste, which is really nice and really fun. Mm. 
Um, one thing, if you guys didn't hear, that drew me to this was um, they're in bottles, so I got to open it with a cool little bottle opener. So, yeah, that's what we that's what we got here for you guys tonight. I gosh, I really like this. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a. Let's go 9-3. Very good. I would get it again. I would recommend it to people. I would especially recommend it to people that do that do like black cherry or cherry. Um, even if you don't like cherry flavor, I would tell you you should at least try it and see for yourself that you don't like it. Um, didn't realize that they sell this stuff at the um, State Fair, which is uh, really cool. Um, and all that stuff, so definitely going to have to be looking more into these guys. Um, go check them out, springgrovesodapop.com. Excuse me, you can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Um, really cool, you can find them. They got recipes, news, and events that they kind of do, pop-up shops, stuff like that. You can find where uh, they are, shop them. Um, any of you guys have any recommendations of what we should try from them next, let me know. And... Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Um, for Tommy Town tonight, uh, the men's uh, hockey team is coming off their first um, sweep of the Michigan Tech Huskies, which is huge. And um, with these two back-to-back -back wins uh, back on the 11th and 13th, uh, it puts them at 10, or sorry, 11, 10, and 1 on the season, which um, doesn't seem like a big deal with them with so many games still being left to play. And although that may be true, they with what? They with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 games left only need one more game to improve on their total from last year. Yes, they won 11 games last year, which is huge, um, but really gives them the opportunity to kind of set the tone for this program going forward. Um which is huge and I think is awesome. They're currently first in CCHA play right now, which is totally awesome. And um, we love that for the team. So, yeah, uh, Thursday night um, saw the uh, Tommies take down um, Michigan Tech 4-3 uh, to three after getting off to a hot start, 2-0 uh, just in the first... Um, uh, just in the first two, uh, sorry, two zero. Just in the first, um, excuse me, uh, in the first period, um, Liam uh, from Liam Wompkus and Ting, Tim Pachowski, Luke Leyland actually made it three zero late in the second um, period, but was a uh, short lived as um, Michigan Tech was able to get two back um, and take a three, only be down two to three going into the f uh, third period. Um, and then Liam Malmquist, or sorry, Mason Pullman and Isaac Gordon would trade goals in the third period to make it 4-3. to three. Uh, Mason Pullman's for us was a power play goal, the lone one of the game. So um, really, uh, really nice to get the win that night. Uh, Aaron Trotter made 32 saves in the win. And then two nights later, um, excuse me. In um in very similar fashion, uh, Jake Seibel made twenty seven saves, uh, in the three to one win. Excuse me, uh, in the three to one win, um, Michigan Tech actually got out um, and scored the first goal, um, but just like 
um, the night before, short-lived as Lucas Wallen um, made it a tie game with under a minute later. Uh, and then Cooper Gay and um, Max Mac Byers would each score a goal, um, one in the second period, one in the third, to make it 3-1, to one, which um, is just awesome. Um, it's really awesome to see that this team is kind of getting um, production and the help from everyone. It really... I'm sure it takes the pressure off for the first line guys and the second line guys to make, you know, uh, make it so that not one person feels like they got to do it every single time. So, yeah, uh, they will be getting ready um, to travel to Marquette, Michigan uh, against games against Northern Michigan Wildcats. Um, the first one will be at 6.07 on Friday night. Then the second will be at 5.07 on Saturday night, the 20th. So good luck to them. Um Excuse me. The um the women's team had a little bit of opposite luck as they ran into the number three ranked uh, Wisconsin Badgers this last weekend, Saturday night losing zero to seven, um, and um, Friday Sunday night didn't get shut out but did lose one to five. Um, um. So again, you know when you're able when. A good team like Wisconsin is able to take early leads. It's it's hard to claw back. Wisconsin went into the third period up uh, three nothing, um, and just after the first sorry, just after the first period in the first game, um, Wisconsin was up four nothing and five nothing going into the second period in the seven to nothing loss, and then Sunday night um, we're up three. 2 nothing going into the third corner, actually going up 5 nothing until um, the Tommies were able to get on the board. So just just a tough uh, weekend uh, for the women's team, and it'll get a little bit better as um, they'll be getting ready here for a home-and-home -home series with the St. Cloud State Huskies. Friday night, uh, Friday's game is at 3 p.m., and, um, excuse me, will be... Um, uh, will be in St. Cloud, and then uh, Saturday's game at 6 p.m. will be at in Mendota Heights. Um, so we hope for the best for them as they're uh, kind of getting back into the swing of things in WCHA play, and just not, um, you know, it's it's tough, you know, and I feel for this girl, uh, this women's team being off for more than a month, and then you know that's tough enough, and then the fact that you have to play such a top, um, or not a top heavy, but a um, such a you know, top-ranked team like the Wisconsin Badgers, it doesn't make kind of getting back into the swing of things all that easy. So hope for the best for them as they take on the Huskies. Um, after that, um, they'll be playing up in Major State, Minnesota, and Minnesota Duluth, and Ohio State, Minnesota State. None of them, as of now, are ranked. So, yeah. As for the men's basketball team, so after starting... Um, Two and zero in conference play have gone one and two in their last three conference matchups. Um, they actually have kind of been on a little bit of a roller coaster since the last um, night of the last podcast. So obviously they lost um, a heartbreaker, eighty to eighty one, against South Dakota State at home. Um, they got a convincing win over Oral Roberts uh, within this last week at Oral Roberts, eighty seven to seventy six. With um, excuse me, with big games from Drake Dobbs and uh, Kendall Blue, 
But unfortunately, um, just yesterday lost in another heartbreaking fashion, 73 uh, to 74 in overtime in Vermilion, South Dakota to the Coyotes. So, um, you know, it's still early in the season. <laughs> There's a lot of basketball to be played before um, the postseason is ahead of us. But I would just say, you know, some of these games that I'm seeing we're losing, like we're not losing games by a very wide margin. But, you know, I look at, you know, obviously, you know, these last two games came down to the last second. And then even after that, their last couple losses, like Marquette, 79-84, came down to, you know, the last couple minutes of the game. Um, then, yeah, you have to go all the way back to the Lancer Joseph. So, you know, if the Tommies can do a better job of closing out games um, in, uh, you know, in tough situations, because obviously these conference games, um, you know, they only have conference games from now until the end of the season. Um, so these conference games are going to make a break. Obviously, they're not March Madness eligible, but to be able to be a prominent team before they are will obviously help and um, be huge for them. Um, so, um, yeah, for the men's team, um, they will be in action. What's that? Um, just one time. They'll have about a week off. Before taking on um, the North Dakota State Bison at 7 p.m. on the night of the next podcast, uh, the 25th. Um, for the women's team, they have had a uh, little bit of opposite luck, very similar to the hockey teams, basketball teams as well, um, as they... Oh, no, sorry, I read my notes wrong. They have been the same, so... Uh, they lost to South Dakota State and South Dakota, um, respectively. And then they also beat Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts came off of a last um, uh, a layup um, buzzer beater from Jade Hill, which was huge, who led all scores with 24 points. Um, but South Dakota State, um, yeah, we talked about that last week. I, I, I apologize. Um, so a huge game for a St. Thomas, um, which was very much a back-and-forth game. Um, St. Thomas had a two-point lead after the first quarter. It was um, tied up at going into halftime, going into the final frame. Uh, Oral Roberts only held a one-point um, lead. And then um, Jade Hill came down and got the, got the Tommies their 11th win of the season. Um, and then earlier tonight, the um, they lost by another, they had another buzzer beater. Unfortunately, it happened on the other side of things. Um, once again, you know, very close to the road. St. Thomas had um, a one-point lead after the first quarter and took a five-point lead, six-point lead, sorry, into halftime. Um, and really, South Dakota didn't really have much going for them until the fourth corner where they pulled off their rally. Um, Jay Hill led the attack um, for the Tommies. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know, again, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of funny that both um, basketball teams kind of have that common theme of, you know, just closing out games. Obviously, when you lose to South Dakota State 55-75, to South Dakota State's got a very good uh, women's program. Um, 
but being able to play these tough games and close them out is is key because you know anybody can blow someone you know a bad team out or get blown out if um excuse me if you're not a great team but you know you just got to find a way to close out those big games you you look at the Timberwolves um especially as um you look at the Timberwolves especially as you know they're playing good defense down the stretch they're playing good defense throughout but especially you know when they're down or when they're up or down five points with two or three minutes to go and uh, you know just playing good situational basketball um so for that the very again very similar the ladies will take on uh north dakota state bison in fargo uh, at 7 p.m on the 25th and that'll wrap up tommy town excuse me um for the night as um we have no um news on the football team and await things to come for them um so with that we will jump into our local business shout out of the week and um excuse me um what we have this week for you guys is actually opening up um in a couple within the next week here on the 24th in good old maple grove minnesota um the Ice Castles of Minnesota. They're a tourist attraction that will be in Maple Grove this year. Um, the last, I think, two two or four years, they were in New Brighton. And then for the longest time, they were actually in, um, I think, the um, Boom Island area in Minneapolis. So it's, um super excited that they're super uh, close to... Um, super close to, you know, where I am. Uh, they're an awe-inspiring, must-see winter phenomenon that brings fairy tales to life. Um, you know, why visit the ice castles, you might be asking? They have a ton of things going on. They got ice slides, caverns and archways, crawl tunnels. Um, and uh, it's just a really cool, it's a really cool place to um, um, to visit. Very family-friendly, lots of things to do. Um I mean, I, it's, it's been a couple of years since I've been to it. Um, it's been a couple of years since I visited it. Um, but they have so much to do. If ice slides, um, you know, if some of those things aren't of interest to you, they have a polar pub. Um, they got a tubing hill. They got an Arctic alcove, um, mystic light walk, ice sculptures, um, you know, a lot of amazing things features you know some of them are weather dependent um and they will let you know kind of like what hours and stuff are it sounds like as of now um starting on the um on the uh 24th they will be open um thursdays uh, 4 to 10 fridays 4 to 11 saturdays um, 11.30 to 11, and then, um, Sunday, 11.30 to 9, so, um, definitely go check them out, I will be checking them out myself, for those that are interested, it's icecastles.com backslash Minnesota, um, and they have different, um, prices for peak or off-peak, um, for children and for adults, uh, children, um, 
under four, get it for free, which is kind of cool. Um, so yes, icecandlestills.com backslash Minnesota. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They also have a TikTok page too, which is pretty cool. So yeah, go check them out and um, go from there. So a little bit of the wildest last week. Um, <clears throat> I know we've brought up the the analogy of um, you know a little bit of a roller coaster um, with some of our uh, Tommy Sports, and that um, that remains the same thing here for the Wild. Um, to start off this last week, you know, losing you know three to uh, three to four in overtime to the Philadelphia Flyers really sucks. Um, the Flyers have not been playing typically well this year, so it would have been really nice to have gotten a win there, especially being up one nothing, uh two one and three to one to have them storm all the way back uh and take the and take uh, an extra point from us. Um but again, you know, it's kind of this hole we've kind of this hole we've dug dug at least we got a point out of it. And then I gotta say, um Gustafson and Carrill's um Appearance, first appearance back getting blown up by the Arizona Coyotes of all teams. Zero to six. Just rock bottom. That that one hurts. And then two nights later, not just winning, but doing the exact opposite to the Islanders. Five nothing. Um, and then the 18th. I mean, you know, you look at the final score of three to seven and you think, Jesus Christ, what the fuck did we do? The first... The first, um, you know, two periods, all things considered, weren't terrible. Again, we had a brief um, lead in the first period, one nothing, um, before um, Tampa Bay, between the end of the first and early in the second, rattled off three straight goals. Marco up to go up three one. Marco Rossi brought it back to two to three, and then Jake Middleton made it three to four. I mean, you take out that final frame. Uh, the third period where they where they scored three goals, we didn't score a single one, and it's a close game. So <clears throat> the unfortunate thing is you're able to kind of look at this first two periods and say, hey, that was a tough you know game you know to lose. It was a tough game. You know we fought through it. Tampa Bay's a seasoned team; they've won Stanley Cups and everything like that. Um, but yeah, walking away with zero points, um, no, you know and. Essentially being at the, a, a little over the halfway point with only 43 points. Now, I mean, looking at, you know, before we get into the player of the week, you know, the unfortunate point, the unfortunate part of this whole thing is Winnipeg right now is sitting atop uh, 62 points. Colorado's got 61, and then Dallas has got 57. So if you really think about it, um, not only do they have a lot of work to do, um, but unless something catastrophic happens, the wild, I mean, obviously you can't get ahead of yourself, but it's it's going to be a battle. They have a lot of division games still left to play, um, but they got to start off. They got to start. Um, they got to start somewhere. You know, the nice thing is um, they got two teams. They're one point behind St. Louis, uh, two points behind you know Arizona. So. Hopefully, with you know, if they're able to lose a couple games, we're able to win a couple games. <laughs> it's not 
hard to go from what's that one two three four five six seven it's not hard to go from seven to fifth um in the uh, division and then all of a sudden you know you start to get some traction but um it's just yeah it's really unfortunate we were able to get into this whole obviously all of us know a lot of it has to do with um um, getting in injury trouble and everything like that, and obviously I think it was, um, yeah, I, th- I think it was announced just earlier today, earlier tonight, that um, Jared Spurgeon is going to be out the rest, of the remainder of the season. Um, with his season ending injury, and is going to have surgery on February sixth. Um, it's heartbreaking, you know. He's a defenseman, but he really does make a big difference out there. Um, so yeah, you know, lots of, lots of tough things to, um, unravel, but with that, despite the very much, you know, back and forth, um, the mini weekend wild player of the week for week 14 is someone who, despite all things considered, was pretty consistent this last week, um, had three goals, uh, four points, had a power play goal, and a shorthand goal. Um, Mr. Mr. Joel Erickson Eck. Um, excuse me. I apologize about that. Um, <coughs> yeah, um, you know, really remarkable being able to get a power play goal and a shorthanded goal in that 5 to nothing win. Um, got his uh, third goal. Um, in Philadelphia, didn't do um, much in the Tampa game, but um, won a lot of faceoffs that really could have affected, you know, and made it even a worse game. Um, for us, sorry, I'm just making another note here. Um, and honestly, yeah, other than I mean, other than him, you know, Jake Middleton had four points. Uh, Matt Zuccaro had three points with um, a power play and game-winning goal, you know, but 11 goals scored um, with uh, 30 total points this last week. So, you know, a lot of guys stepped up. A lot of guys did some uh, good things, but really um, kind of thinking about it and reevaluating it, (coughs) the... um, Joel Eriksson-Eck was really um, the lone good thing we had going for ourselves. Um, I mean, for Christ's sake, we went, we scored two, one, two, we scored two of 12 on power play, on power plays, and, um, and on the penalty kill, um, we were one, two, three, Five, we were five for five for 14, which is just awful. That's nine, nine. So we, we gave up, um, what's that? We gave up 17 goals and nine of them came on the power play. So you take those goals off and, um, we would have, I mean, we would have beat Philadelphia. We would have beat Tampa Bay. We would have still beat the Islanders. And Arizona, we probably would have lost, but it probably would have been at least more <coughs> respectable or respectful. Um, so, yeah, 
um, on, you know, on to the next, and, you know, honestly, it's like, um, the wife and I are reliving, or not reliving, but rewatching uh, that show, Ted Lasso, and it's kind of silly, and it's cliche, but he's got a saying in it that, um, he tells one of the, um, one of his, uh, players, hey, you know, do you know what, um, what, uh, f- uh, animal has the shortest, um, memory? He's like, no, coach, I don't. He goes, it's goldfish. He's got a three-second memory. He's like, you know, when things go tough, you know, what do you think we should do? Be a goldfish. So, you know, yeah, some of these games um, suck. You know, it sucks losing 7-3. to It sucks losing to a team you know you should beat 0-6. to um, But the reality is you need to let it eat at you, let it sting at you a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to move on from it and... Um, <laughs> get better and they have an opportunity to do just that they will be in action uh, four times this next week they will be um, playing a back-to-back tomorrow night uh, Friday (coughs) in South Florida um, against the Panthers then they'll be in Carolina to take on the Hurricanes at 4 p.m. on Sunday before coming back home and hosting the Washington Capitals on Tuesday the 23rd at 7 and then the Nashville Predators will come to town at 7 p.m. on Thursday, the 25th, night of the next podcast. So, excuse me. Yes, that is what we have for you guys tonight um, for the Minnesota Wild. Now for, excuse me, um, the Timberwolves. They um, have had the opposite uh, of the Wild. Um, they've been reeling in um, a lot of success um, with the 15-point win earlier tonight over the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, They sit at 30 and 11 halfway through the season and on pace for a 60-win season. Um, I should have looked this up before the beginning of the podcast. I don't think I pegged them to win 60 games this year. I think I had them somewhere... High forties, um, probably probably somewhere in the at, at, at the low end, high forties, um, at the high end, you know, mid to late fifties, and you know they're they're on that pace. They've won four straight now, five of their last six, um, and are six and four in uh, January so far. Um, they've been battling, you know, a little bit of injuries. You know, not that they haven't gone up against some good teams. You know, New York is a good young team. New Orleans is a good young team. Dallas has a lot of talent. And Boston is, you know, Boston is Boston. They have the best record in the in the NBA. And sometimes you just go up against a team <clears throat> better than yourself on any given night. Um, but, yeah, I, I got a lot of, I don't know if there were questions or comments, but a lot of people saying it sounds like, you know, we're going to be buyers at the, you know, trade deadline and, you know, if you guys didn't, you know, maybe take a listen to last podcast. We talked a little bit more in depth on it, but, you know, the biggest thing we kind of talked about was the topic of, you know, you know, it's cliche, but it's it's true in the Wolves experience right here. Um, um, don't, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, I mean, again, halfway through this season, and this team has only lost back-to-back games once, and that was starting the new year. Um, now, I hope I don't jinx them. And, you know, the top of the, 
the talk of the town before the start of the new year was <clears throat> the fact that we had the record we did during the hardest part of our schedule as you know 2020 the 2024 part of the 2324 season is one of the relatively easier schedules i think there were the graphic i saw there were only i think two or three maybe <clears throat> four teams that by record wise had a easier schedule than us so you know again you know, good teams find a way to win games. They have been playing stellar defense lately, and I have no doubt in my mind, you know, you know, bearing we can stay healthy and everything goes our way. There Again, there's no reason this team can't win 50, 55, 60 games. They just got to continue to keep playing their brand of basketball. They got to keep playing the way that um, they are. Um, and, you know, again, you know, good things... Good things are coming, and, you know, we talked about it too, you know, Rudy is finally starting to learn how to play alongside, and it's with the help of Mike Connolly, the likes of Carl Anthony Towns and um, Rudy Gilbert. I mean, you know, both Carl and Ant are averaging over um, over uh, 21 or more points a game, and then you go down even farther, and then you got those two, you got Rudy, and Nas Reed, Mike Connolly, and Jaden McDaniels. That's six guys, six guys that are averaging at least 10 points per game. And Jaden McDaniels is that sixth guy, and he's averaging 10.9. So the fact that you're getting scoring up and down this roster is, is, um, is huge. You got Rudy Gobert averaging a double-double as he has, he's averaging 12.4 rebounds, and then Cat's right there with 8.8, Anthony Edwards is there with 5.4, then even you look on the assist side, and obviously McConnell is up there, but then you got Anthony Edwards, who's second with 5 a game, and Carl Anthony Towns, fourth with 3.1, so the fact that this team's sharing the ball, you know, I think heading into um, all-star break in the next month here with all this stuff, is going to be huge, you know, rest guys when they need it, you know, obviously you have a lot of, you have a lot of young stars here, but I, guys, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I really do think Anthony Edwards is going to be the next, or maybe not the next, because there are some, you know, big guys in the league, but one of the next MJs, Kobe's, you know, I mean, if they keep this up, if they keep this up and um, and they keep playing at this level, there's no reason that they can't contend for a championship and at least, if nothing else, make it to the conference um, finals. I mean, because at this point, the only time um, they would not have home court advantage is if they met the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. If they met anybody else from the East, as of right now, in the Eastern in the NBA Finals, they would have home court advantage on them. And as we've talked about this before, in a seven-game series, whether it's basketball or hockey, home court matters. You feed off your fans. It's a familiar environment. It's huge. So, again, we're not going to get our, ahead of ourselves here. Um, but... I mean, yeah, for those that are interested, if I was Alex Rodriguez and these guys, unless they're looking to fuck over this team, which I genuinely don't think they do, 
I don't think you need to get anything. I don't think you need to get anything. Even if you guys got, even if you got guys calling you saying, hey, you know, we'll give you an arm and a leg for Cat. Honestly, I wouldn't take it. See what happens this season. You got most of your team under contract for at least a couple more years. <clears throat> at the very least, get through the season. If we're if we get out of the playoffs in the first round, relatively easy. If we get out relatively easy in the second round, maybe look at making a play. But for right now, we're playing great basketball. The fact that people will even think um, we would do something like that, in my opinion, is um, beyond me. So. With that, um, looking forward uh, in this week to come for the Timberwolves, um, they got the Oklahoma City coming to town at 7 p.m. on Saturday the 20th, um, and then they got the Hornets coming to town at 7 p.m. on the Monday the 22nd, and then they will play, be playing a back-to-back Wednesday. January 24th in Washington at 6, and then the second night will be in Brooklyn at 6.30 on the 25th. So good luck to them. Honestly, four games that they could and that, that they should and can and should win. Um, the only one I may be looking at that maybe we wouldn't is Oklahoma City, but we get to play them at home even though they're surging as well. So... With that, we will move on to the final topic of the night, which is the NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. And before we get ahead of ourselves, um, didn't do as well as I thought we would do um, with our Picks Wildcard Weekend. Um, Kansas City proved me wrong. A lot of people are probably, you know, and I saw some of the comments, you know, why on earth would you take Miami, yada, yada, yada. And let's just be honest, as good as Pat Mahomes are and as good as they looked against Miami, that was really the first game where drops, one of the very few games this season where drops was were not much of an issue for this team. I mean, you can go back all the way to game one against the Detroit Lions and think, I, I think there were seven drops in that game. And I think if you go back and you look at those seven drops and you think, hey, if three or four of those are catches and not drops, the Lions lose that game. Um, so, you know, hats up to Kansas City. I don't hate Kansas City. A lot of people gave me, oh, I hate Kansas City. I don't like Detroit. Um, these are these, like the picks I'm making are what I legitimately think is going to happen. Houston obviously upset the Cleveland Browns, which is awesome. Miami, we came up short a lot. Um, Buffalo took care of business over Pittsburgh. Um, the Cowboys were not able to get things going over the Green Bay Packers, unfortunately. Um, the Detroit Lions, um, the Detroit Lions came up over the LA Rams despite, um, you know, their dirty, uh, dirty tackler on their defensive side. Um, and then Tampa Bay was victorious over the Philadelphia Eagles, so... Four for six wild card or three for six on wild card re- weekend. Obviously, you know, didn't do as good as I thought I would have, but um, I just got to do better in the divisional round. And I, um, I really think we will do just that. So why don't we just jump um, right into it? So the first game of the weekend, excuse me, will be 
at 3.30 Saturday the 20th. And the first game is the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Houston Texans. Um, the line right now, as of now, is Baltimore's nine-point favorites over the Houston Texans. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I like Baltimore to win the game, but not to cover. So I would either bet this for Baltimore just to win straight up or take Houston plus nine. Um, you know, clearly, you, know, you look at how far the Texans have come with Stroud and first-year head coach since, you know, a disappointing 25-9 to loss to the Ravens in week one. Um, you know, you look back at it, Stroud took five sacks in that game. <clears throat> five different players in that loss and Baltimore likely won't deviate from that game plan too much um but Stroud will still be the high volume passer that he was um but he's up against a unit that is, has has had many, as many interceptions 18 as allowed passing touchdowns uh, this season um Baltimore's offense had if I remember correctly just 200 I think 60 yards of offense and a pair of turnovers in their first meeting with Houston, which also allowed just 56 rushing yards in a victory against Cleveland. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Texans trying to um, upset them outright is can they make the Ravens one-dimensional and keep Jackson contained? Ultimately, I think they'll do enough to make it a close game. I think if they do, they can have a chance to, you know, late. Ultimately, I think, you know, Baltimore with having, you know, a week or two rest here, I think they break out of the defensive struggle in the second half. And I think um, Jackson will get his first shot at an AFC championship game. And I got the Baltimore Ravens uh, winning 27-20. to And then the second game of the weekend will be at 7-15 as the 49ers host the Packers, which is the most frequent playoff matchup uh, is being renewed. Um... Nine and a half point favorites, San Fran is over Green Bay, and I like them to win straight up. Um, they're a multi-dimensional problem for the Packers defense, which allowed 510 yards against the Cowboys. You know, obviously a lot of it was while they were down and while they were passing a ton. Um, but I really think the Packers are going to need to force what many are going to call uncharacteristic turnovers from Brock Purdy. Um However, I think Kyle Shanahan will be patient behind a strong running game led by Christian McCaffrey, um, which will open the middle of the field up for George Kittle on the perimeter. And I'm just going to be honest, I think San Fran will play you know, from ahead, which will put more pressure on Jordan Love to keep pace. Green Bay, yes, they've had success with Aaron Jones, um, knowing the 49ers are 10-1 when they allow 100 rushing yards or less. Um... And Love has been fantastic, don't get me wrong, but there will be more pressure from San Francisco's edge rushers and third and long, uh, especially if San Fran takes the early lead. Um, and like I said, I'm going to stick with San Francisco. It's it's simple. They're 6-0 and straight up um, and 4-2 um, and against the spread when they're favored by 10 points or more. Um, so, yeah, I think they win convincingly. I got San Fran winning 34-21. First game on Sunday is the Lions hosting the Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers. And this one might shock you guys. Um, obviously, I was wrong. Detroit was good enough you know, to hold off the Rams. Um, 
But I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Um, Mike Evans is due. And I mean really due. He hasn't sur surpassed 90 yards receiving in the last six weeks. He's only surpassed 53 times. Um, I think if you're going to advance in the playoffs, your stars have to be stars. And there's no better matchup than this one for Evans to get back to being that explosive guy. Um, I think over the past four games, the Lions have given up on average... Uh, an average of 184, or an average of 186, and a touchdown per game to the opposing team's number one receiver. And now with the talk from former Saints and current Detroit Lions cornerback C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I think Baker and Evans will be more motivated than ever to attack the Detroit secondary with his top guy. I think Evans is going to keep the run uh, keeps the run going against the Lions. Corners finishing with over 170 receiving yards and getting into the end zone. And um, I got Tampa Bay winning a close one, 31 to 28, and um, ending Detroit's fairy tale season. Before I get into my last pick, I think a lot of people are probably going to think, Jack, you know, you hate the NFC North. Don't get me wrong. As much of a Vikings fan as I am, and as much as I don't like Green Bay, Detroit, and Chicago, I would love for one of these teams to make it to the divisional game, or the conference game, even the playoffs. I just don't want them to win the whole thing. But I want people to put respect on the NFC North. I don't want people to think, coming, you know, going forward, the Vikings are just, you know, kind of like the, uh, the, uh, Bucks or Saints, what have you, of just, hey, you know, they're getting a top seed because they're, you know, the one good team out of, you know, four crappy, you know, three crappy teams in there. Um, but yeah, I just, again, I I think Detroit, I think it's a fairy tale season and I think they don't win the Super Bowl. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. And I don't, th they're definitely not good enough to win the Super Bowl. I don't even think they're good enough to get to the Super Bowl. I think there's some teams out there, and I think Tampa is just going to get the better of them. So with that, before we let you guys go, <coughs> Sunday, 5.30, the last divisional game before we get into the conference championships on the 28th, the Buffalo Bills will host the Kansas City Chiefs and our three-point favorites over the Chiefs. Look, Mahomes is making his first road start in the postseason. Buffalo beat Kansas City 20-17 in Week 14. Um, I mean, who remembers that offensive offsides called on Kadarius Tony, right? It was obviously a tight game, and while the attention is on Mahomes and Allen, this might end up being a defensive struggle. Neither team could really generate a strong running game in that first matchup, and the Bills dominated time of possession. It's best to keep Mahomes off the field, off the field as possible. And I think the Bills were seven and one straight up and seven and one against the spread at home favorites this season. Kansas City is seven zero and one against the spread and six and two straight up as road underdogs since Mahomes took over as a starter in eighteen. But I think ultimately if Allen avoids field-changing interceptions, then Buffalo should be able to feed off the home crowd in the elements. Um, you know, couple that with Allen playing well in the last two playoff losses against the Chiefs. This time I think Buffalo's defense ends Kansas City's hopes for a repeat by forcing a late turnover. Not only do I think Buffalo's going to win, I think they're going to cover. I got Buffalo winning 34-30. to 30. 
So that is what I have for you guys. Um, if you want a quick recap, I like Baltimore over Houston, but not to cover. So like I said, either bet Houston plus nine or Baltimore's just straight up to win. I would do one of those two. San Fran, um, I would say, you know, go with your gut. I like San Francisco to cover the nine and a half points. I think it could be even more if they get out, you know, to a quick lead like they usually typically have been doing. Um, you know, I would say either go with San Fran um, minus 9.5 or straight up. Um, and then, yeah, Tampa Bay, like I said, I think it'll be a close game regardless. If you don't believe Tampa is going to win, I would still take Tampa Bay against... Um, with the spread as plus point six and a half, I don't think Detroit is going to beat them. If they do, it's not going to be by a touchdown. It'll be by six points max. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm confident. If I were you guys, I would take Buffalo plus or minus three. But once again, I am not a financial advisor, and I'm not liable for any losses. So. I will, so with that, I will leave you guys with remember this podcast about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, excuse me, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at mini weekend. <clears throat> and email is mini weekend at gmail.com. That's M I N N Y W E E K E N D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. And also find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Till next time, Mini.